Podcasting worldwide from Vancouver, Canada. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. The show that takes you through the growth, hardship, self-discovery, lessons, and stories of individuals who achieved success in their own personal path. Trust the process. Have you heard of that famous science of well-being course from Yale University and always wanted to see what was up with that course, but you just never had time to do it? Well, in this episode, I'm going to be telling you my top five insights from the course and how you can apply it to your life so you can use science to make yourself happier today. The first tip is the things that you think make you happy don't. And what do I mean by that? Well, a lot of people think that if they have a nice car, maybe a Ferrari or something, they'll be happy. Maybe if they have just like a great GPA. I know that I was a nerd and keener in university, so that was a big thing for me. Or a perfect body or the perfect house. These things will make them happy. And the fact is that it simply won't. Well, let's go into that a little bit. The reason for this is something called hedonic adaptation. And we're going to go into how to thwart that or make that effect less. But essentially, when you get like, let's say a very big mansion or something, your happiness goes up for a transient period of time, but then it dips down back to baseline. And when that happens, it's pretty much insignificant from something else. So going back with the fancy car, let's say someone got a Ferrari, they're going to feel amazing for that first day, maybe a week, maybe a couple months. But eventually, it's going to go to a point where it's insignificant from like a Toyota Corolla. And that's a car I'm rocking now, and I'm very happy with it. And that car, just a side note, is a beast. So it's not really important. These external things aren't really important for us. And the next piece that I'm going to go into is something that's very shocking, but it's actually something that I think is very powerful. 40% of our happiness is actually directed by us, meaning that, yes, there is a genetic factor for up to like 60%, but we have the power to change our happiness. I find that so powerful and incredible. I don't know about you guys in university, but when I was in university, if there was like a 1% bonus assignment that would take like a week, I would do every single one of them. And to know that I have the ability to change my happiness by almost half of it, it's incredible. And you know, it gives you the power to know that the tips I'm going to be sharing in this episode are going to be able to be actionable and you can actually make a severe impact to your happiness. So I'm excited to get into this. So let's go into something that is more of a comparison paradigm. And tip three is our absolute happiness in terms of how we judge ourselves relative to others doesn't really matter. It's more so the comparison aspect. And what I mean by that is, let's say that you have a house, you have food, you have great food, you have a nice car, you have stability in your life. But you see your friends on social media and they're posting all these trips, all these vacations, and you're thinking to yourself, why am I not getting that? Why do I not have that in my life? And you're thinking about your issues with your significant other, maybe your issues with your family, maybe that uh, test that you bombed, and by bombed you got like maybe a C or something, not the end of the world. But you're thinking about all these things and you don't consider this for the other person. Unfortunately, that can make us unhappy because we're comparison creatures. We compare ourselves to other individuals. And the way to get around this is by moving yourself up from a bird's eye view and actually imagining the other things that these people have going on in their life. And it also is something that Dr. Lori Santos, the creator of the course, mentions that if we can, you know, wean ourselves off of social media, it does do us a huge service in terms of our happiness. But it's not just social media. If you find yourself in a group where everyone's boasting about what they're doing, showing off their goods and all this kind of stuff, it can make us feel less than. It can make our own happiness suffer. And it's important to take this into consideration when we decide who to actually spend time with. So that's one thing that you should definitely consider. So we've talked about 
how we control happiness. We've talked about that we are comparison creatures. And we've talked about things that we think make us happy that don't. But how do we actually be happy? Well, that's coming in step number four. And there's a couple of points I want to hit here. But one of the most important things, in my opinion, that I took away from the course was the signature strengths. And I'm going to be talking about mine a little bit later in this episode, so you're going to want to stick around. But the signature strength profile is essentially a questionnaire that you answer and you get a list of your strengths that you're able to use in your daily life that make you happier. And it's customized to you based on your answers. And in the description of this episode, I'm actually going to be putting the questionnaire so you can actually find your signature strengths and apply it to your life. And essentially, just by using these signature strengths and some examples of these are like curiosity, leadership, honesty, you're able to feel happier. You can use it in the work setting. You can use it with people that you just met. You could use it for a stranger and it doesn't matter, but doing this makes you happier. And I'm going to be sharing some anecdotes where it has for me. So again, stick around. You're going to want to check that out. Now, there was also another questionnaire and this is more so to find your objective happiness to see if these tips can actually improve your happiness. So I'd be interested to hear how this has helped you. And what it is, you answer a set of questions and it gives you an objective score for your happiness. And it's called the authentic happiness test. I'm going to be linking that in the bio as well. By answering these questions, you get a number. And essentially, the higher the number you are, the more happy you are. You shouldn't be comparing this number compared to others, but only yourself as a baseline and how you're going to be improving your happiness as the years go on. The next thing that we can talk about here is sleep. Sleep is so important. And I'm not sure about you guys, but when I do not get enough sleep, I am not happy. I'm a lot more cutthroat. I am pinpoint with what I want. And, you know, although sometimes it can get the objective sooner, it can ruin our relationships with others because we're not as caring or empathetic. The next thing that we can talk about on how to be more happy is exercising. And exercising, you know, you get filled with endorphins, whether it is, you know, running on a treadmill, lifting some weights, going for a hike. All of these things are important. And actually, one of our previous guests on the Personal Process podcast, Dr. John Rady, who's a Harvard Medical School professor, talks about this in one of his books, Spark. And in this book, he shares the fact that aerobic exercise or things such as cardio where you're running or using your body for a longer period of time have the ability to improve our mental health from things such as depression, anxiety, all the way to more serious complications such as post-traumatic stress disorder. And in some of these cases, even better than medication, especially on a longer term basis. So you can save money, get the same benefits of medication and avoid being permanently trapped to that cycle of medication dependence. So I thought that was a very interesting the next thing that can make you happy is by talking and communicating with others. Now, you may be thinking, whoa, whoa, bar, I don't have a lot of friends and, you know, I maybe have that one friend or maybe you don't have any friends. And that's okay. In the study, what they actually showed is in a scenario where you're commuting, for example, on a bus, just by talking to someone who's beside you, even if you don't know them, even if they're on their phone, you can be happier. They did an experiment on this, and I believe that from both sides, whether they were getting talked to or the person who was doing the talking, they got happier. And it's just incredible because, you know, oftentimes when we're on these commuting sky trains or buses, we can see someone and say something along the lines of, oh, they're busy, they don't want to talk to me. But humans are social creatures. We want to talk to people. We want to actually communicate. And who knows, you may say hi to one person and that one person may be the one person you need to land a job, maybe be introduced to your future partner, or 
just find a friend that you can talk to with similar interests. So I encourage you to move out of your comfort zone and meet other individuals. The next thing that I want to talk about is having a growth mindset. A growth mindset is essentially having a belief that anything you want, you can achieve regardless of where you are. If you put in the work, if you put in the hours, if you change your strategies, you have an ability to achieve it. You are not stuck where you are. For example, you know, if someone gave you a rejection on a job offer, okay, well, if I improve my interview skills or if I improve my resume, I'll be able to get it. Having a fixed mindset, on the other hand, is the difference. The difference of a fixed mindset is the person with a fixed mindset would say something along the lines of, I failed, I can't get a job because I have always been, let's say, working at the Starbucks and no one wants to hire me from there. I'm just set in my ways and I'm only going to be a manager and that's about it. But by having this, you're trapping yourself in that paradigm. You're not going to advance and you're not going to be happy. So just by having a growth mindset, believing that you can achieve things and you're not stuck in that bubble is very important. The next thing is time affluence. And what this means is appreciating the time that you have left. So in one of the studies in um, Dr. Lori Santos's course, they had individuals ponder and reflect on the amount of days they had left in university. Compared to a control group, they found that the individuals who actually noted the amount of days they had in university were a lot happier. They appreciate every day more. And, you know, this can also be when you see an old friend. You may think that you have a lot of time left with this person. You may be young, but life moves quick. People move away. When you work in a different area where you don't go to school together, you're probably going to see each other less and maybe not anymore. And by realizing that you may not see that person ever again, you appreciate them more. You appreciate your time more and you really get more out of it. Awesome. So that's how to make you happy. But let's talk about hedonic adaptation again. How can we thwart it? How can we elongate our pleasure response? Well, we need to savor the moment. You need to savor your surroundings. If you're going for a walk, enjoy every single second. Look at the details of the leaves. Smell the aroma that is in the forest. Smell the flowers. And by doing this, appreciating everyone who's with us, we're able to elongate our happiness. We're able to decrease that adaptation curve and just enjoy ourselves. Another thing that we're able to do to decrease our hedonic adaptation is to have breaks in between pleasure. So one example they had here is they measured individuals who were watching a TV episode. Individuals who had a commercial break in between reported being happier compared to individuals who didn't. And this is interesting because you'd think that commercial breaks are something that people don't actually like, but those that had it felt better. So I did something unintentionally similar to this when I used to play video games. I played League of Legends and in the loading break in between games, I would always do push-ups and I think a set of pull-ups and squats maybe. And although that helped my fitness, I just learned that it also helped my happiness and enjoyment of the games too. So by having a break in between pleasure, you're able to increase your happiness because you're decreasing your ability to adapt to that enjoyment. And like I mentioned earlier, just by pondering on the time that you have left with people or the time that you have left with an activity, you're able to increase that enjoyment and really savor that moment. Now, we've talked about my top five insights. We've talked about my top five insights And now I want to go into my signature strengths. I found this incredible. It's really been something that was interesting for me because I've really searched about how to be happier, how to live a more holistic life. But I feel that with this, I was able to use something practical that was easy and 
It really improved my life. So I'm going to be sharing some of the things that I've done and also some of the top five signature strengths that I have. So the first one I have is honesty. And when I use honesty, I just try to be honest in every situation. If I don't like something someone said, I'll let them know. If there is something on my mind, I will let them know. I try not to do any white lies. I try to be completely honest with everyone. And although this can get me into somewhat of a challenge because you can't avoid every confrontational issue, I feel that it makes me happier. It actually connects me to other people more. And yeah, I just feel good. The next thing that I'd like to talk about is having a creative side. So by me being able to be creative, you know, write poetry in an interesting manner, for example, on my poetry account, being able to run this podcast in a manner that I'd like to, it makes me happier. And the final element that I'd like to talk about is curiosity. Now, curiosity is very important. And when I got this, I was like, huh, interesting. I didn't know I was a very curious person. But one day I was feeling not the best. And, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, how can I use my curiosity to feel happier? I took a different way home. I've never taken this way before. I didn't use a GPS. I just tried to, you know, maneuver in my brain. And it's something as simple as that. I was able to really just become happier. And by using these little tips and tricks, and, you know, like another one of my things are humor and I make some good dad jokes. Notice how I said good and not bad. Dad jokes are fantastic. I hope you agree with me. Using these things, they sound small, but they add up and it just makes a severe impact to your happiness. So I hope with this episode, you've got the tips and tricks to use in your life so you can become happier, enjoy your life and really succeed. Thank you for joining on another episode of the Personal Process Podcast and we'll check you on the next one. Cheers.